weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of SATSA, Fedhaza, and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Utukela means something that startles in Zulu. And this area continues to surprise and amaze many, many scientists and visitors who come to enjoy its beautiful natural resources. When scientists first explored this area using remotely operated vehicles and baited cameras, what they found certainly startled them and enticed them. So what does come under the Utukela District Municipality? There are three local municipalities and the name is derived from the major river in KZN, which is the Utukela River, which rises from the Drakensberg Mountains and supplies water to a large portion of KZN, as well as Gauteng. KwaZulu-Natal, as we know, offers superb beaches, sunny weather, game reserves, rolling green hills, sugarcane plantations, and relics of the great battles in South African history of the Anglo-Boer War. This area is absolutely stunning. And for anybody who's looking for a retreat, or whether it is to do yoga or just to take a journey to self, it certainly is a fabulous choice. And we're chatting together today with many, many property owners and resources in the area. And we certainly hope that you will consider this as one of your holiday destinations. I must say, as an ex-Durban girl, um, I must say, as an ex-Durban girl, I have fond memories of my parents packing literally a biscuit tin of biscuits and sandwiches, and we headed out to Tugela because we had uncles and aunts that lived on farms. And the funny thing is, when they heard the car coming, and my dad had an old Peugeot because we were six kids, so we had to make everybody fit in there. When they saw us coming, some missive will send a child to run off to go and catch a little chicken or the best chicken available, and they'd catch that chicken in anticipation of cooking it for our lunch. And we'd see this whole scene unravel as we took the gravel road to their property. But first and foremost, uh, whilst we were greeting everybody, we heard the clink, clink, clink of a metal spoon against a metal jug which was being done on the um, on the primus stove in preparation for our very sweet tea and mari biscuits so very fond memories of the utukela region 
for me personally. So as we introduce KZN to our listeners, we've just covered the South Coast last week, and we're now going north to the Utikela region. Our first guest for this afternoon is Cheryl Blackburn. And I must say that this property that we're chatting about, Three Tree Hill, is perfectly midway between Johannesburg and Durban. So those of our family members who've migrated to Johannesburg, it's the perfect midway, midway stop to meet up and have and make wonderful memories. But the thing about the Drakensberg, you know, I do believe that it has a special stratosphere because there's a certain smell in the air and it's the smell of freedom and freshness. And in addition to that, it has those rolling green hills, there's beautiful acacia trees. It's almost like something that one would expect to see in a film. And then, of course, one is surrounded by just that wonderful Drakensberg hospitality and endless activities like trout fishing, trail riding, game walks, canopy tours, and all kinds of interesting activities. The host of this great property is Simon and Cheryl Blackburn. They are both experienced safari and mountain guides. And I can see that they're also very clever people because you know, I come from a family of six children and my mother would have this habit of calling the eldest one first, even though she actually wanted to call me. So they were very clear. They named their children in simple, almost like a haiku, three letter words, Kai, Neo, Josh and Cass. Cheryl, clever woman that you are, good afternoon and welcome to Jet Setting with Janet. Good afternoon, Janet. Thank you. And I think your introduction to um, the Drakensberg area, KwaZulu-Natal, is just so spot on. Because I think if you're traveling from um, Johannesburg down towards Durban, the most memorable part of your journey will be when you start slipping down that um, that escarpment and start seeing the the incredible scenery um, that befalls you uh, when you hit this Drakensberg area. And it's those hills, the flat-crowned acacia. Um, it's just really spectacular. And I think that's um, very memorable for a lot of families that have done road trips between Johannesburg and Durban. Absolutely, Cheryl. And it's also so convenient for those of our family members who've migrated to Johannesburg to use that as a midway stop to create some beautiful memories. Absolutely. Now, as, as the owner of Tree Tree, Three Tree Hill Lodge, you must have had a lot of memories created in this space. I would like you to start by telling us about your establishment first and then we will go to the other more in-depth questions. Super, thanks, Janet. Um, so initially, um, when the lodge, when we purchased the lodge in, in 2007, it was um, specifically focused on the battlefields of the Anglo-Boer War, which is the, the great war between the British and the Boers in 1900. Um, and for us, having come from a safari background, it was quite daunting to um, to think of us of, as having to um, to know about all this history. Um, so we thought we would um, 
start out by focusing on the natural history and the beauty of nature um, that was surrounding us. And that was this Bjornkorp Game Reserve next door, the incredible Drakensberg Mountains down the road. Um, and we started to to weave that um, that into the lodge, uh, as well as still offering the battlefield tours. But it's just such a spectacular place to to get away from the city and be surrounded by nature, birds, trees, um, the sound of nature. And, and that was our expertise. And, and that's what we've done, uh, woven that into the lodge. Now, Cheryl, I'm looking at these magnificent photographs that you've sent us, and it brings back such fond memories for me. Um, establishing this and creating a space where people can truly experience KZN hospitality must have been a labor of love for you and Simon. Will you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yes, it was really the the decision for for us um, taking on the project was really a lifestyle choice. And we wanted um, a great place where we could raise a family and where our children um, would be free to enjoy nature, um, you know, as as part of our daily lives. And um, and so, yeah, every every single minute of our day was just um, how could we make other people um, comfortable to be able to enjoy this kind of um, this kind of visit, um, you know, in this natural environment. Absolutely. You know, I, I remember a film that I, I watched many, many years, interestingly enough, at the KZN um, Film Mart. Uh, one of my jobs, one of my side hustles was to review the films for the KZN Durban Film Festival. And I remember a, a movie about a man who created a farm out of nothing. It was a French film. And he toiled and he and he created, and you know, the pain and the labor that went into it. It was this amazing film with Gerard Depardieu, and uh, he was creating something out of nothing. Did it feel like that for you, Cheryl? Or did you find something that was ready-made that you acquired? No, it was definitely something like that. The previous owners had um, other interests sort of for the previous three years uh, before we bought the property. So... Um, it, it was it was fairly run down and, and we had to put a lot of work into it. And we bought just at the beginning of the 2008 uh, recession. So we didn't have guests or many guests for the first couple of years. So, yes, every day was um, clearing alien vegetation, um, replanting indigenous vegetation, um, building walking and mountain bike and horse trails that wouldn't um, damage the landscape, that would complement it, um, that would give guests the best views and the best way to enjoy this uh, natural landscape. So, yes, it's a lot of hard work, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, you can really reap the benefits and, and, and see when people do come and visit, uh, you know, how much joy it brings them and how much peace it brings them, especially those coming from the cities for a weekend away. They end up leaving here, you know, with a totally different look on their faces and then you know that it's worked. I think that is a great affirmation for any anybody who has toiled so hard to create something out of very um, basic 
out of a very basic start, Cheryl. Now, besides treading softly against the earth, I see that your establishment is also fair trade accredited and that you employ staff from the surrounding areas. Will you tell us about the fair trade accreditation, please? Um, so fair trade tourism was actually a concept started um, in South Africa, actually. Um, fair trade in commodities are all around the world. So fair trade bananas and coffees, and that uh, focuses on on products or produce that is uh, fair trade certified. So you know that that particular product, um, the, the labor have been treated fairly and paid fairly. Um, the procurement has all been local. Um, you know, and they are responsible for the environment. Now, fair trade tourism is the same thing, but focusing on accommodation and activities um, in tourism in South Africa. And it's just the most fantastic um, group of people because every single one of the properties or activities that are certified by fair trade are as passionate as the next one. And we've got such a great um, communication strategy between us uh, where we compare challenges. Uh, we share information on perhaps how we do staff training in particular departments. Um, and so it's, it really is just a, it's a fantastic um, certification uh, program. Um, and, and it also holds you accountable. I think, it, you know, it, it's quite easy to sort of, uh, slacken uh, sometimes, you know, as you you doing a, a project longer and longer. Um, so, so it's a good thing to keep each other in check. And uh, you know, the younger people that are coming in with um, new, innovative ideas and ways of uh, of working with uh, staff and procurement, and and so that's very important to us. And and we, we are very strong advocates of fair trade tourism. How wonderful to hear that, Cheryl. It certainly is a very important part of our tourism value chain. Cheryl, in keeping with all things responsible and accountable, you also have a policy around employing people from the immediate area. And when you're as remote as you are, you know, there's no big industries, there's no big shopping malls. Um, it really is a wonderful way to give back to the community by creating employment. Will you tell us what that journey has been like for you? Um, well, for us, it was a no-brainer, really. We just um, yeah, didn't even think that we wanted to look further away. Um, the, the community here are our neighbours. They are our closest. The village, Hambrook, are our closest neighbours. Um, and so to us, we, we just thought we, we have to look after them and, um, and they will in turn look after us. And it has been a beautiful relationship with, with our community. Um, you know, all the staff um, that have come from that community have, well, at least had possibly a standard eight, but uh, some with a matric, but not all. So for them, their, uh, their skills were limited and to try and find a job in a city which may pay fairly well has a number of challenges because they need to travel to the city they leave behind uh, their children um, who you know they may not necessarily have a parent to look after and and that is a stress for them so for all the women and it's mainly women that are employed at our lodge um, for them I think the biggest thing besides the skills training that we've given them over the past 15 years is the fact that they can actually go home each night be with their children and 
um, and we do provide support, uh, you know, when families need to get their children to the clinic and, um, you know, any other um, sort of parental duties. We, we're very open and understanding to the fact that it is not easy uh, being a, a working single mother. Thank you for that, Cheryl. Well, I must say, you know, when we unlock these resources in the Drakensberg and in the Utakela district municipality, it's really heartening to see that people have actually created opportunities for employment and micro industries. They've also created a micro economy because if you can't buy local and experience local, it doesn't make sense to go out and spend elsewhere when your own area is under strain. So Cheryl, it has been most fascinating chatting to you. I think that anyone coming to Three Tree Hill Lodge will have a fabulous experience, but also be very cognizant of the fact that this is part of a financial and <clears throat> part of a financial and social ecosystem. Cheryl, before we let you go, is there some funny story or a wonderful experience you would like to share with our listeners that might have happened at your lodge? Gosh, there's so, so many, but uh, perhaps I could just tell you um, a little one that's quite memorable and I think is a little bit of a testimony towards the way we operate from a fair trade point of view. One of the little things that we do is recycle our tea bags and our guests do drink a lot of tea. Um, so once we've finished with the tea bags, we put them out in the sun to dry and then we pop them into glass jars and put some paraffin in there. And that's what we use as our fire lighters when we need to light fires uh, in the fireplaces or outside to sit around uh, in the evenings. And um, we, we encourage our guests to come to the back of house and to see all of these uh, sort of recycling initiatives that we've got. And um, we had one couple that uh, had done the back of house tour um, and came back to visit us uh, probably yeah, nearly on a year later. Um, and when they opened the boot of their car and took their suitcases out, there were these two huge black dustbin bags and they took them out and they came up to the reception and they were so excited to show us all the tea bags that they had collected in the last 11 months since they had visited us. They don't have a fireplace at home, but they were so excited to bring all these tea bags for us to use. And we just thought that was such a wonderful thing because it was something that had rubbed off and it made them think, don't just throw the tea bags away. There's a use for them. And it was very sweet of them to think of us and to bring them when they came to visit us the next time. What a wonderful testimony to the circular economy, right, Cheryl? Fantastic. I think that is so special because it means that for the 11 months, they thought about you literally every single day. And that, I think, is a wonderful, wonderful way to close our interview on Three Tree Hill Lodge and the charming Cheryl Blackburn and her beautiful establishment. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a big pleasure. Enjoy. We're chatting this afternoon to Megan Beddingham. Megan is the owner-manager of the Cavern Resort and Spa, and she's one of those very lucky people who had the pleasure of growing up in the Drakensberg Mountains and becoming involved in the family business in the early 2000s. It must have been a great 
great childhood because she had the entire Berg as her playground. And um, this resort that we're chatting about, the Cabin Resort and Spa, was started by her grandparents, Ruth and Bill Cart, in 1949. So she's celebrating upwards of 80 years of many, many happy returns. Megan, it is such a pleasure to chat to you this afternoon. Will you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what it's like growing up in the Drakensberg? Thanks, Janet. Um, lovely to be with you today. And um, yeah, I mean, the Drakensberg is it's, it's the most magnificent mountain range. Um, it, it offers all sorts of adventure and, um, you know, the hiking and all of those things are fab fabulous. But um, at the cavern, we are in a, a sort of in a small valley um, surrounded by actually uh, the sandstone cliff line and um, many places to explore. And I think as children, it was just a very carefree um, space to grow up in. Our parents worked incredibly hard, as did our grandparents, because I think when you're starting a business um, and you are trying to build a business, it takes a huge amount of effort. So. Um, you know, very young, we were shipped off to boarding school. Um, but we, you know, we loved we loved boarding school, and I think it also created it, um, the people that we are today. And interestingly, that you know, of four children who um, grew up here at the cavern in my immediate family, you know, three of us are are back here, and uh, my sister and I are both involved in the family business business. Um, only we have got one sister who's immigrated to Australia, but. Um, I think that this mountain draws you home and um, it has an incredible, um, you know, we, we, at the cavern, it also, it has an incredible draw. We have many guests that come back year after year. And I think that's just testament to the place and the, the, the natural surrounds. That is fascinating, Megan. I think that it must be wonderful to grow up in a resort and spa and to see the hard work that goes into creating this. You know, we see the front end, but there's a lot of work on the back end. And um, I'd like you to share with us what is your fondest memory growing up and what was the benefit of living in a resort? Well, I think, you know, there's so many memories, um, but I think, you know, what is most special to me is, is actually having had um, quite a large family to grow up in and also to have had grandparents who kind of came before us. And I think for me, you know, we had a, a grandmother, Ruth, who was um, an, an amazing person. Um, she actually um, came here in 1941 with her husband, Bill, and they they really did build the place, you know, from the rocks that surrounded them. He blasted the sandstone cliff lines and, you know, the stone was built, brought down with oxen and um, they built the main building and they really toiled and they had this amazing vision of um you know creating a, a resort where people would love to holiday and um but after 13 years and four little children bill actually died and ruth was left here on her own um and for me that's just um a huge um you know it's just i mean she she was for, you know incredible determined formidable very private person but um she had sunk her roots here and she had decided to stay and even though the family tried to encourage her to become a matron in durban you know she stood firm and um you know her four little children went off to boarding school as well and um she invested her whole heart and life into this place and growing it um, and then our, um, our, my dad and his brother Anthony actually took over in the 70s 
And um, that was when we were growing up. So we had cousins and our family. So we were seven children actually in total. And I think just having those, um, you know, all seven of us together was incredible. And then having our grandmother around who, you know, we would visit at four o'clock for tea and 11 o'clock in the morning for tea. And, you know, everything was quite a, a process and, a, um, you know, we had to drink our tea first and then eat our biscuits. And I think that all of those um, experiences kind of grew us as kids and grew us as people. And um, I think even today we remain very, very, um, a very firm and close family. And it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah. That really is a beautiful memory, Megan. Now tell me, can you tell us a little bit about the cabin, the resort itself, and what we can expect to see and do when we get there? Yeah, so we, we you know, I, I kind of refer to us as the great outdoors. It's it's the most amazing piece of mountainside. Um, you know, there are forests, there are streams, there are caves. Um, there's so much to do and explore, and it doesn't always have to be difficult. It can be, um, you know, it can be an easy stroll through the forest. It can be quiet birding. It can be an experience at the spa. Um, we've got horse riding and um, trout fishing and we've got tennis courts and a swimming pool. So it can be a very active holiday, but as I said, it can also just be one where you come and you really just immense, immerse yourself in nature. And um, and I think, you know, COVID showed us that we, we need to get away. We need to get outdoors. We need to spend time with those that are close to us. And we need to really invest in the bonds of um, friendship and family. Um, because I think at the end of the day, that is what um, keeps us um, centered. It, it, it builds us you know, into confident people. Um, it helps grow children. Um, so the, the cavern provides that experience where you know, people can be nurtured and loved. And um, we have an incredible team of staff that we work with. And um, they are you know, part of the place and they are here to welcome people and they do. And um, there's, a, there's a warmth here, I think. And um, that's why, you know, we love it. We love seeing people again and again because they do come back. It's, you know, we've got the slogan, um, what's it, resort of many happy returns. And, you know, it was coined in the 50s by a guest that was staying here. And we've always kind of kept it there, you know. And it sounds yeah. fascinating. And um, it really is so entrenched in that old Drakensburg, KZN, Utikela district hospitality. I mean, this property is passed down through the generations. And when you have a property that is part of that establishment, there's always the challenge on how to keep it relevant and how to transform it so that it appeals to young people or new families that are coming. Have you done refurbishments or is there any additions that you've added to your property in order to make it more attractive to the millennials, for instance, as which, as we know, are the largest spenders in tourism right now? Yeah, so I think it is important. I think it is very, it's vital to continue investing in your business. Um, we do it all the time. We um, refurb our rooms every four years. We work on a very... Um, you know, very structured sh um, schedule actually. Um, and, you know, we added a spa, which is magnificent. It, it is set overlooking the treetops of the fern forest, which is an indigenous forest. And, um, you know, that provides all sorts of gorgeous treatments. Um, so it is it is vital that we invest in, um, in tourism establishments because, you know, the, the stories that create them are wonderful, but you do need to keep up with the times. And, and we have done that. I mean, we're not, we're not flashy, we're not modern. But we are certainly 
comfortable and beautiful and um you know we particularly like bright colors so we've thrown quite a lot of bright colors around in our spaces <laughs> but it's um you know it's fun and it's inviting and it's welcoming so we hope that it works yeah well if it's been around for 80 years and people continue to come again i think it works and it certainly has been working now Megan, 2023 we've come through covid we've come through a lot of challenges and we're only halfway through the month of love. And I just want to ask, what are your goals uh, and the goals for the establishment in 2023? Well, um, you know, I think it is, it is, it, it's a very um, competitive industry at the moment, um, you know, with a lot of people um, cutting rates to remain competitive um, and to try and attract visitors. And I think that, you know, what we've got to do is provide really good service. I think that is um, hugely important. I think that our products got to be you know, as, as good as it can be. Um, and and I think that a lot of that comes from investing in the people that you work with. And, and you know, we've got a, a wonderful team, as I was saying, and we spend a lot of time investing in them and training and uplifting our community. And I think that, um, you know, as an organization, you, you don't really, you can't survive um, sort of just on your own. You, you, are, you are linked to communities, particularly in rural areas. And, um, you know, so that for me is a quite an important part of what we do. We, you know, we, we are very involved in education. Um, so training obviously is quite a big thing. Our forest retreat spa is actually staffed by all local ladies from from this area. And we've trained over 22 ladies over the past, I think, um, must be just over 10 years now that we get Camelots to come and do training for us. Um, we then, you know, obviously give them experience within the spa and, you know, many women have moved on to better opportunities and a few have stayed. Um, but I think that is, that's part of the journey in tourism is, is the opportunity to build people. You know, you get young waiters who come during, a, um, you know, just a holiday season. And it's, I've been amazed at how, um, you know, they come in the holiday season, they have the opportunity of waiting tables, of interacting with guests. And their confidence grows incredibly. And then they, you know, have a little bit of extra cash that they can take back to Varsity with them. And then they come back the next holiday. And um, we've just seen such growth in people. And I think that that's what tourism can do well. It's, um, you know, there are so many opportunities. There's so many sort of low entry jobs, but jobs where people can slowly climb and improve skills and um, and then go out and, and and get, you know, have other opportunities. So I think that, you know, that remains a key um, project for us too, is, is really to sort of build people as much as we can and to celebrate them when they move on. Yeah. That sounds wonderful, Megan. And it sounds like there's a lot of skills development happening and it's wonderful because these young people who train at the Forest Spa can certainly go out anywhere in the world uh, onto cruise ships, come to Cape Town where spas are big and very, very popular, or any other big city in the country or even outside of the country. So lots of opportunities and, you know, just creating that, that, that vision and that career pathing for them is certainly creating mentorship in a way that is real and impactful. Megan, before we say goodbye to you, I just want to hear your personal goal for 2023. Sure. <laughs> Try and say no a little bit more perhaps, but um, no, I love to be busy and, um, you know, and I love to be involved. And, you know, part of my, one of the jobs that I'm currently working on is just helping to promote the Drakensberg um, through our Drakensberg experience, which is the, our local CTO. And, 
you know, for me, it's important that we get involved in things that can maybe make a difference in our country. And, you know, that's what I would like to sort of set out for 2023 is to be involved where I actually can make significant strides and we, we can help and we can grow this country because there's so much potential. There are so many beautiful people and there's so much opportunity. And, um, you know, we've come through some hard times and I think that we need to support one another and we need to grow where we can and we need to really grow people where we can and, and that will make a significant difference. Yeah. Fantastic. Great to hear all of these wonderful things happening in the Utikela district and the way in which tourism is contributing to the economy and whilst at the same time creating beautiful experiences for travellers and I'm sure that our listeners are have their interest peaked on this wonderful location. Megan, great chatting to you, wishing you a great weekend ahead. Thank you, Janet, and to you too, and to all your listeners. Thank you very much for um, being in touch with us and for you know, just showcasing a little bit of what the Berg has to offer. Wonderful. Only a pleasure, Megan. Take care, bye-bye. Okay. Bye now. We're chatting this afternoon to Lindsay Duplessis. Lindsay is involved with the Montuzi Mountain Lodge, which is a family establishment. Her parents being seasoned hoteliers who decided to migrate to the Berg and create an enabling and special place for herself and her family to grow up in. And Lindsay herself is somewhat of a jet setter, having traveled all over the world after university, but in her heart, she knew that she would come back to the Berg, back home. And um, she has fond memories of just the freedom of the mountains. And as much as um, she traveled everywhere, she always knew that the freedom and the fresh air and that feeling, that special feeling that one has at, at Montusi Mountain Lodge could not be duplicated anywhere else in the world. Welcome, Lindsay. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Janet. Um, it's a pleasure to be with you and uh, share about our special mountain home. It's a pleasure, Lindsay. I want you to tell us about your travels. That's always interesting. You know, we're all jet setters. So, yeah, on my, my great adventure, uh, we managed to go around the world to New Zealand and Argentina. And we popped into Europe, did some work in England for a while. Uh, did a lot of traveling around Switzerland and then um, came home again to, to grow up and live properly. Thank you for that uh, trip around the world, Lindsay. It sounds fascinating. Now, closer to home, we're very excited to chat to you about Montusi Mountain Lodge. And I believe that Montusi opened its doors in 2000 and literally is named after the peak under which it is nestled. And it was opened by your parents, literally to create a legacy for you and your siblings. Please tell us what it was like in the 2000s and how the establishment has grown over the years. So when my parents first came to Montusi, this property was a complete mess in terms of um, it had not been looked after. There was no buildings here. It was an old farm that was overgrazed by cattle. So they had to put in a lot of work to clear out alien vegetation, to introduce uh, proper natural felt again, and then actually do the building of the lodge. They had to build a road, they had to build a dam, and they built the lodge as well. So for about eight years, 
they were living in a construction zone and um, trying to make a business at the same time. Um, so it was a very challenging period for them. Um, somehow with magical luck and, and a lot of hard work, they were able to convince people to come and stay and focus on the beautiful views and the, the expansive space all around us. So even though there was much construction going on, we still had a little steady flow of guests to kind of fund the project. Um, as I was quite young at the time, I was about 13 when they were doing the development. I had to do quite a lot of, um, you know, reeling in of my teenage angst um, <laughs> and and put up with, with this, the challenges that my parents were going through. And I'm just so grateful that they managed to persevere through those first years where there was very little income and lots and lots of difficulty to create something very special here for us today. Sounds wonderful, let's say. Sounds like you had to, to get your act together very quickly there. Now, Lindsay, it's, uh, from what I've seen, Montuzi is a four-star graded establishment and it comprises some hotel suites and some self-catering units. So there's an appeal for all kind of visitor. But please tell us about the extras that we can expect, what to do, uh, what the rooms comprise of, and, and, you know, is there catering? Yes. I have fond memories of the famous afternoon tea in the Drakensberg, mm -hmm. where we would sit, you know, with scones and jam and cream and hot tea, and just see this wide expanse of space. Yes, so um, Montusi is a, definitely a, a culinary destination in its own. We we thrive on excellent food. Um, the lodge part of the establishment is our primary focus, um, and the accommodation uh, includes dinner and breakfast. Our rates include dinner and breakfast. Um, the kitchen provides phenomenal food uh, and it's all very imaginative coming from drawing from South African cuisine as well as international flavors. So while we use as much local produce as possible, even our we have a veggie garden here um, and all of our venison is, is locally um, procured. Uh, so, you know, we do a lot of, of local uh, cuisine, um, but the food is one of the highlights of the Montusi experience. And afternoon tea with a delicious cake looking onto the mountains is, is hard to beat. Sounds idyllic. Now, besides the afternoon tea and the grounds, I see that you're a water-wise establishment and that uh, there's everything from a tennis court to um, just so much activity like hiking, etc., in the area. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, so we're situated on a thousand hectares of mountain estate, which is conservation area, um, which my parents actively uh, r removed alien vegetation from to develop healthy felt. So the animals that are here came here by themselves, and we are home to about a hundred different, a um, hundred eland, which are the biggest antelope in South Africa that that are quite hard to to keep because they don't stay unless there's delicious food and good water. So our estate is good for hiking. It's got mountain bike trails. We've got horses on the property with excellent riding. Um, there's little strolls that you can do across to the dam to see beautiful birds. Uh, we have a little rowboat. Um, there's obviously the tennis court and the pool. And then we have a little spa area treatment room. Um, so there's a lot to do, but I think the thing that people love to do the most when they come here is nothing. 
<laughs> Sounds about right, Lindsay, honestly. Yeah, so the the environment is really lends itself to complete relaxation. So it's a very quiet place, it's very peaceful. And then to watch the light change over the amphitheater escarpment is something that you just can't beat. Lindsay, I uh, have beautiful photos in my head of what it must be like to do yoga there, uh, to come together to do some team building. Is that a popular thing for people to do, for corporates to come to you? Um, we do occasionally host small team builds. Uh, corporate isn't our primary function, our focus. We mostly do leisure market, but as a as a management escape um, or a, a small team building um, environment, you can't beat this as well. The yoga, uh, we every now and then we host yoga retreats. And my nephew has recently returned home from his university career and he's an instructor, a yoga instructor. So he offers stunning yoga um, classes each morning. Um, and so it's a great way to start the day with a good bit of sun salutations and getting loose for the day. Yes, for sure. So honestly, to wrap up, Lindsay, I think that whether one wants to relax, unwind, do some strenuous activity, or just breathe in the fresh air, or trail run, or do some yoga and center oneself, I think that Montuzi is a great place to visit. Any closing comments for our listeners and why they should come to Montuzi, besides all of those amazing reasons we've given them already? So I think that there's a certain atmosphere around Montusi um, that you can't find anywhere else. Not, you know, between the space and the view, um, the fact that we aren't affected by load shedding, the road is easy to get here. It's a really easy escape um, for people to enjoy all the best bits of South Africa without any of the hassles. So we, we are very lucky to live here and we love sharing it with people. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And uh, this is home to stay, right? No more jet setting and going to find yourself in other countries. No, no, this is my home home. Even my babies think that they couldn't live anywhere else. So I'm very lucky here. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Lindsay. It's been most wonderful chatting to you. And thank you, Janet, and have a super weekend. Thank you so much. So we finally at you, Bongiwe. Please tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you, Jeanette. Uh, good afternoon to you and your listeners. Uh, it's good to be here. I am Bumiwe uh, I work for Utugela Economic Development Agency. I am responsible for the tourism portfolio. I am from uh, Lady Smith, so I'm very passionate about, you know, um, and things that are, you know, economic development for the area, for Utugela. Um, I have uh, worked outside of Utugela before, been to uh, Newcastle and Limpopo. Um, now I'm back home. As uh, you have mentioned earlier, that there is no place like home. So, um, yeah. Absolutely, Bongiwe. And I think that uh, for someone coming into this area, you know, it's an old established community and people are set in their ways of doing things. As a tourism and special programs manager, it must be an interesting time for you to be able to bring all of these 
various players in your hospitality value chain together. Because I see that your role entails special programs, project management, business development, and employee mentorship. How does that interface with the tourism products in your area, Bongiwe? Oh, yeah. Um, quite interesting, Agent. Uh, my role uh, as the tourism manager is to ensure uh, tourism growth and development in the area, as well as ensure that, um, you know, we stimulate the tourism industry, uh, both uh, the domestic and the international markets, um, to ensure that, you know, um, we have, um, you know, um, growth and development uh, in as far as tourism is concerned. So um, it's quite an interesting role, uh, Jeanette. So, yeah, um, I have been, uh, you know, privileged um, to be uh, working in the industry and, you know, having to work with our trade partners, um, you know, who are, you know, really playing a great role in ensuring that, you know, tourism uh, is sustainable and that, uh, you know, job, jobs are created uh, and that, you know, we um, as a district, you know, are moving forward and are growing, you know, and contributing positively towards the economy of our district. where that is quite a portfolio. And I think for an area such as Utukela, there's a huge responsibility that sits with your unit to make sure that your area is sustainable, it is economically viable, and that you continue to entice visitors to come and experience the products in the area. Oh, yes, most definitely, um, uh, Jeanette. You know, tourism depends very much uh, on the movement of people, um, you know, to various places, you know, both for leisure, business and other um, reasons. Um, so we do ensure that, you know, we market a, our destination and ensure, you know, that there is growth. Ensure that, you know, um, the tourism industry is, is vibrant and um, exciting, you know, for um, our visitors. For sure, Bangiwe. Before we go to our next speaker, is there anything that you would like to share with us about your region? Okay, uh, maybe just, um, you know, to, to, to then um, tell you where we are, you know, um, in as far as economic growth and development. Um, so the tourism industry, uh, as of 2019, uh, we were sitting at 6.4%, um, you know, the contribution towards the, the GDP. Um, and in 2021, uh, we um, obviously, after the mishaps that have happened, the COVID-19, uh, the floods and the riots that we experienced, um, the tourism industry was then impacted and um, we, 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 we then contributed about 3.2% in 2021. I'm sure the number has moved up in 2022. Um, 
And, uh, you know, as, you know, Utsugela Economic Development Agency, we really are, you know, working uh, hard in ensuring that there is uh, economic um, recovery in the tourism industry. Um, as we all know uh, that, you know, the contribution that it makes um, is quite crucial for job creation and job sustainability in our district. Um, as Utugela Economic Development Agency, uh, Jeanette, we like uh, to encourage, you know, your intergovernmental relations and collaborations um, as they are also crucial for um, ensuring, you know, sustainability and economic growth. Uh, we also um, encourage, you know, inter-regional collaborations uh, for uh, creating attractive packages to ensure ultimate benefit, you know, um, for the tourism industry. Um, we do have um, amazing, uh, you know, conference facilities in our area, Jeanette. Um, and we really, really would like to, you know, maximize uh, the, the use um, of our district, you know, for conferences. So collaborations um, with uh, other entities, you know, such as the Durban Convention Bureau are quite critical, you know, for, for, for us in ensuring that uh, we are the destination of choice for hosting conferences. Um, we also, um, you know, do have uh, beautiful safaris. Uh, by the way, Jeanette, we are the home to a Nambiti Game Reserve. I don't know if you've heard of it before. No, can you tell us about it? It's, it's, it's quite an interest, interesting uh, game reserve. It is in uh, just outside of Ladysmith in Utugela district. It offers uh, beautiful game drives uh, and, um, you know, leisure accommodation. Um, they have about 10 lodges and we are currently, you know, um, awaiting the opening of uh, a seven-star establishment in Utugela district, in um, Nambiti. Um, in Utsugela district. Uh, the name of the establishment is, is called the Homestead. So we're looking forward to be, you know, a host of a seven-star establishment in Utsugela district uh, in KZN. Um, this uh, game reserve is a malaria-free uh, zone. So, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, contracting malaria when you visit uh, this game reserve. Um, yeah, we also have the Badly Fields uh, routes um, within Utugela. Yeah. Uh, quite interesting for our international uh, markets, you know, that like to come and visit and pay tribute, you know, to their beloved uh, who lost their lives during the, the, the World War II. Um, yeah, so um, we also have beautiful sites uh, for filming. Uh, I heard you mention uh, something about filming earlier. So Utsugela District has got beautiful sites for filming as well. Um, Jeanette, I don't know if you know that uh, we 
um, hosted a, in the Drakensberg. We've hosted uh, Tom Cruise uh, last year um, when he was filming um, one of his uh, films. Um, we, there is another, you know, um, uh, uh, an international um, film um, um, production company that has been filming uh, last year um, and they stayed for about three months. Um, so that is, you know, also quite good for um, our economy as a district. So we've... Um, well, way, it sounds like besides putting the strategies in place and looking at the revenue resources, you're also innovating quite beautifully, creating new products, marketing your region to the international markets and finding ways to generate an income, thereby creating an economy that is robust and viable for those in the Utukela district. I really think that it's good work that is being done and it is certainly important work that is being done. Very well, very well. Thank you so much, Jeanette. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure, Bongiwe. Will you just tell us something about what you plan to do? Please tell me you plan to come to Cape Town in 2023, because we will be very happy to have you visit us. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Cape Town, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was there not so long ago, towards the end of the year last year. Um, you know, and, you know, I was there for a holiday, but I did some benchmarking there as well. Um, I went on a ride, you know, the bus. The red um, bus, yes. The red bus, yes. So um, I went on that red bus. We went to the Table Mountain. It was quite exciting. We went sightseeing. We went to the, you know, beautiful, beautiful sites. Um, so do not be surprised when you see the, a, a red bus in Itogela District next time when you come visit. That yeah. sounds so exciting. I'm so pleased to hear and I'm looking forward to hearing when you're visiting next, Bongiwe. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for all the effort in bringing people together to have us interview them. I'm almost very, very homesick by now because such fond memories of my childhood. And, you know, we were a very big extended family, but now all of us are all over the world. And uh, I think we need to arrange a global homecoming to the Drakensberg because it was our annual family holiday spot. Oh, wow. Great, great, great. <laughs> you should come home. I think so. Thank you, Bongiwe. All the best and take care and well done on all your initiatives in Utukela. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. We're chatting this afternoon with Lindy Wezondi. She is the general manager of the Nest Hotel and Conference Centre. Lindy Wei is a young hospitality professional with 15 years of experience in the industry. Having graduated from the International Hotel School, she's also got a higher diploma in tourism and hospita hospitality management. And she's been at the head and at holding the reins at the Nest Hotel for the last five years. I hear through the grapevine that she's incredibly passionate about providing excellent customer service. And what a delight. Welcome, Lindy Thank you very much, Janet. It's very 
Nice to be here. Only a pleasure, Lindy Weir, and how fabulous to be virtually in the Drakensberg um, this afternoon and chatting to so many interesting people. You are our closing act, so we're looking forward to a robust chat with you. I'd like to hear about the Nest Hotel and Conference Center. Okay, the Nest Hotel has been around for 90 years now. We're actually turning 90 this year. Um, every November, we celebrate um, our birthday, and we are a three-star hotel, mostly in the area. There's four stars, so we do have a bit of um, tight competition, but we try our best to provide the best service, as um, I mentioned before, that you know we, we pride ourselves in offering excellent service to our customers. We do have a lot of returned guests, so we do maintain um, a relationship with the customers. So the resort has 56 rooms, ranging from self-catering to bed and breakfast, and we also offer dinner, bed and breakfast. Um, we have about 50 staff on the property. And yeah, we, we're very excited that, I mean, after COVID, we were badly impacted as we had to get back up on our feet again. However, we are managing now to just um, carry on and, you know, provide the best service that we can offer. Absolutely. So I uh, don't want to talk about COVID because we've had so many conversations about it. But just very quickly, will you tell us what changes you made during this time in order to keep your establishment going? Okay, so with regards to the load shedding, we have um, installed solar panels. Um, which do help us uh, financially as well as for the guests as well. Because with the whole load shedding um, thing happening, we had very unhappy customers because we had to provide electricity, you know, during hours where um, ESCOM would be down. So we have installed solar panels. Our main building um, is supplied by solar. And then in the rooms as well, we have... Um, installed um, energy savers uh, to help our customers so that when the lights do go off, they still have um, some lights, you know, to be able to, you know, if they want to charge their phones or um, watch TV or go to the bathroom. So we have done that. And then we've also installed Wi-Fi in the rooms, which is something that we didn't have before, which helps a lot of our conference customers because we do get a lot of conference business now in the area. And the main problem before was that um, they could not work in the room, so they could not um, access Wi-Fi. So we have made an improvement of that as well. Anyway, it sounds great. It sounds like you're staying relevant and navigating all of the, the curveballs that we've been presented with in the hospitality sector over the last couple of years. I know here... In the Western Cape, we've had a drought and we've had electricity problems. And then, of course, there's that, there's that dark cloud, which is the crime stats that also count against us in, in terms of the global markets. Yes. So, Lindy, will you tell us what is a typical day at the nest like for a guest that is visiting you? Um, it's basically a relaxing day where... They um, enjoy three meals a day with uh, mid-morning and afternoon teas in between. 
Um, we do have walks and hikes that they can take. We have a spa on site if they want to go pamper themselves to uh, massage, archery and quad biking. So it, there, there is a lot to do on property in the summer. You can swim. Uh, we um, are children friendly. There's a lot of activities for children on the property. We've also just recently um, done a gym for those that um, obviously, you know, want to exercise. We have a tennis court for those that want to play tennis. We've got a volleyball um, court. Um, we also do in between, um, like during the week or, or the weekend, organize yoga sessions because we find that um, that's also becoming very common. So do you have a lady that comes in and does yoga? Um, yeah, so there's quite a lot to do. So it's either, you know, you relax or you you always have something to do. Okay, so highlights about the property is that um, we're doing a lot of um, renovations and revamping now that we are in a position to do so. Uh, we're also trying to introduce um, a lot of um, cooperation with the adventure companies to come up with packages that will entice our customers to book with us. And yeah, that's pretty much what we're working on at the moment. Well, anyway, it sounds like uh, you have your hands full. It's uh, a big property to manage. And, you know, a general manager is just that. Uh, everything comes to your desk. So I think that uh, we're going to let you go to continue with this important work. But before we say goodbye to you, can you please tell us, you know, what is the highlight for you um, working at The Nest? For me, it's been... Um, essentially growth, to be quite honest. You'd be surprised, Janet, that when I came here, I came in as a receptionist. So it, it has been a bit of a challenge for me, you know, to grow over the five, past five years. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to the owners that believed in me and that supported me and that just made it all happen. And, you know, I'm just grateful and looking forward to continuing to being the best at what I do. It sounds like you're doing a great job so far, Lindy Thank you so much for joining us on Jet Setting with Janet. And thank you for this generous prize, which uh, one of our lucky listeners will be in line to win. Thank you very much. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Take care, Lindy Way. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye, Janet. Bye. This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.